When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Thursday. You know what that means, the huddle reloaded. But before we get going with the huddle reloaded, let's relive some of our interviews from this week, including my one-on-one with Sooner Senior H-back Jeremiah Hall. All right, guys, here at Jeremiah Hall, let's talk about the most important thing. Being a podcast host, uh, what's it been like for you? How fun has that been to have, have a little outlet whenever it comes to the football season? Man, it's exactly what you said. It's an outlet, and it's an opportunity for me to show Center Nation who I am outside of football, you know? I actually love doing the podcast just because for – at least about an hour, an hour, 15 minutes, I just get to express myself. I get to have fun. And um, the entire time I'm thinking, as, as long as I have enthusiasm, they're going to love it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm having a great time doing it. So, yeah, you mentioned the enthusiasm. How, you're an enthusiastic guy. You're a high-energy guy. How important, and completely going away from the podcast world in this, but how important is it to bring that enthusiasm to game day for four quarters? And what's the key to that? You know what? It just not only amps up yourself, but when people around you feel your energy, they're naturally attracted to it. Same way with the podcast, you know, through my voice, if people can hear how interested I am in the topics that I'm talking about, they're going to be drawn to it. So that's the type of mindset I try and bring to the team as a captain and uh, have those boys follow in line. How about that energy this weekend from the crowd? That was something else, wasn't it? I think that was probably the most intense game in terms of our home crowd that we've had in a while you know normally the fans are either you know yelling at us for our mistakes or just you know leaving early because we're blowing somebody out but I think that game the fans were 
cheering with intent because they just felt they knew that the game was different. Felt different, man. Yeah. It really did. So with that in mind, you've been challenged a couple of times earlier this year, including Saturday against Nebraska. How have you seen this team respond from those challenges? Do you see that focus and that want to to get better that you want to see? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we're just learning from every single game. You know, obviously not every game is going to be a 76-0 win. Um, this is college football, and uh, when you sign up for this, you get you get everybody's best, especially here at Oklahoma. So uh, we're learning. Not every game has been perfect, but I do believe, honestly, that we are getting better every single week, and uh, we just got to keep growing. How is that for you to be back in the end zone? How that feel? Man. <laughs> Man, it felt great. You know, I was, in my head, I was like, about time. You know, yeah, I'm in there. You know, I'm used to scoring early these past two right. years. I've been spoiled. But from that perspective, again, we go back to the H-back room and the use yeah. of it. Um, has it, I mean, it, Austin only had one catch on Saturday, just a couple for you. Has it been a little bit more challenging? Is it more physical? Are you seeing people defend you guys differently? Uh, you know, I can definitely tell that people are locked in on the H-backs. You know, they're always calling out my number, always calling out Braden, Braden's number. So um, people are locked in on what we're doing. But, um, you know, we're just out there going to keep on rocking with the game plan. And I'm not worried about our stats or anything. We'll be fine. <laughs> Always worried about a dub. Hey, final thought before I let you go. I know we're just getting started on West Virginia prep. Always a heck of a challenge. Good team had a big win last week. What do we know about the Mountaineers? Man, their defense is solid. You know, those boys fly around to the ball, especially their front seven. Uh, their defense does some things schematically that uh, they'll hide and disguise some things. But uh, like you said, it's Monday. We're getting ready for those boys, and uh, we'll be good to go by Saturday. Congrats on the win, Jeremiah. Always appreciate your time, man. Thank you. And Oklahoma's defensive line ranked number one by PFF, and it's led by Isaiah Thomas, who I talked to earlier this week. About to be joined by Isaiah Thomas, IT man, I, I so close, man. I think you could have had like five sacks on Saturday. How did you handle that frustration? But then, as you know, Jamar Kane taught us, there is that saying in your room, "Close counts." Yeah. But it's got to be frustrating when you're that close. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Coach Grinch instills in our mind that next play mentality to have a short memory. So you know, it just gave me the motivation and the inspiration to just keep going and be disruptive as much as I can, even if I didn't make the play, but at least affect the quarterback. But doesn't it say something about being in that position, how not only you've grown, but this, how disruptive this defensive line can be? Oh, yeah, most definitely. It shows the work we put in, and it, it shows the work I put in myself as, uh, as far as I've came, and uh, along with the rest of the D-line, to show how close we are and how good we are, and just got to finish and make the play, so it speaks volumes on how far we came. You're an incredibly positive guy. So even when you're frustrated, IT, what's the key for you to stay up? Well, the key for me to stay up is knowing that the younger guys look up to me. So, you know, I want to be a good example to them to stay up and to keep pushing through adversity and uh, inspire them to be in the same position that I'm in uh, when they face adversity, just to keep moving and don't, you know, fall into it. That was a pretty impressive uh, performance by Adrian Martinez. Yeah. Mobile dude, but, boy, it had to build the confidence whenever you hold a team like that to under 100 yards rushing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. We know they're, they're a highly touted rushing team. And like you said, he is very talented and offense is good at what they do. And for us to stop them or, you know, contain them and what they're, what they're good at, you know, shows how hard we worked and shows the, what the work these coaches put in. We were talking to Jeremiah about this. Probably uh, you and him and maybe Caleb can, can help give perspective on this better than anyone. I think that was one of the best home field advantages we've seen in Norman, or at least one of the most lively crowds. What was it like for you? Oh, it was different. You know, it was nothing like I've ever experienced here. You know, we've had great games with a lot of teams, but, you know, just that, that history, that rivalry, that, that came into effect, and it, uh, the, the crowd definitely knew what it was, and it, it was a big impact for us as well. Does that, you know, does it kind of register in your mind when you – 
it's not as if everyone was like, you got to know about 71, you got to know about 87, <laughs> but does it register you being an Oklahoma kid, what Oklahoma and Nebraska had meant to so many people? Oh, yeah, definitely register. Like, like, like you said, they didn't expect us to know all the details of all the, the rivalries that happened, but they wanted us to know like, like how big of a deal it was, and it, it registered when you walked out there, and after you make a play, you, you felt it out there in the crowd. Isaiah, how do you feel about where Speed D is now? Three games, non-conference season over, heading into Big 12 play. How do you feel about where this defense is as, appeared to, uh, as opposed to where you want it to be? I feel like we're on a good trajectory right now, you know, how, uh, compared to how we started the season and how we're just taking little steps game by game. And we can see that, you know, with how we performed in, against Tulane and Western Carolina. And now, you know, I'm, I'm excited of where we're going. Now, with that in mind, for you personally, where do you want to see Isaiah Thomas continue to improve? Uh, on finishing plays, man, because I know I'm always at the right place at the right time. It's just what I do when I'm in that position. So finishing plays and uplifting the guys uh, up under me. You know, we, we talked last week about the relationship with Perrion Winfrey and how you guys seem to play off each other well. But how about that rotation on the interior where you got Perrion? Isaiah Coe seems to be in the middle of everything. Josh Ellison, another Tulsa kid, and Jordan Kelly. There's some there's some dudes that are making plays in the interior. No, yes, it's fun to have because when you're out there on the edges, you know, you learn who you can work well, uh, work best with. You know, for me, obviously, it's Perrion, you know, rolling out there with him. But when you got guys like, like Isaiah Coe rolling in there and Josh Ellison, you know, there's no fall off. So the chemistry just gets stronger as the week goes on. You ready for prime time at the Palace? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> it's got to be nice to have a day. How do you buy the time during the day waiting for kickoff? Uh, you know, it's hard not to, you know, watch film and stuff like that. You know, coach wants us to get away from it sometimes. But when you know there's prime time in the Palace, that's all you want to do is get there so you do as much as you can to feel it. So watching film is probably what I do the most. Well, we appreciate you, Isaiah. Good luck this weekend against West Virginia. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks to Jeremiah. Thanks to Isaiah. Let's get after it. Curtis Lofton joins Toby Rowland for the Huddle Reload. It's not a one versus two matchup like it was back in 1971. But nevertheless, on this 50th anniversary of the game of the century, it is is indeed great to see the Big Reds back together again today at the corner of Lindsay and Jenkins. Those beautiful uniforms in this great stadium under a sunny September sky. What a gift. Sports Network from Learfield. Breaks a tackle. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Oh! 
This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. It's for the fans. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by Homeland Grocery, locally owned by our employees. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. Riverwind Casino, still the one. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Let's go! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle. Now, here's Toby Rowland. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. On a Tuesday night, it is time for the huddle. We got two straight hours of OU football talk in front of us. Coming up at the next hour, Coach Lincoln Riley will be alongside. We call this the Lincoln Riley pregame show. And please help me welcome an All-American, a Big 12 player of the year, one of the great linebackers in OU history, Curtis Lofton, everybody. There you go. What's up, man? What's going on, my man? We've got to see each other a lot lately. I know. How do you feel about that? I, I love it. We got to do the banquet together last Friday night for uh, the big OU Nebraska gala. So many Sooner and Cornhusker greats from uh, years gone by back in town. It was a special weekend, wasn't it? It was a special weekend. For me, the, the thing that I most enjoyed about it, and I said this at the banquet, was, you know, the tradition of Oklahoma, you finally get to see it when Barry's telling stories and the boss is telling stories and all these guys – Keith and it's Jackson, like, yeah, Keith Jackson, and, you know, for me, it's like, this is why I came to Oklahoma, and it's, you know, I, I love being a part of uh, this great tradition. I think everything around the game was A+. plus All week long, all of the lead up, all the pop, all the circumstances, the game day, everything. Tell me about the game. What would you think about the game? 23-16, OU wins. I love the game, but for me, there's things that really left a sour taste in my mouth. And it's more so, we'll get to the game later on, but the situational football is the things that I didn't mean. And when I mean situational football, it's like on special teams. Um, when Mims, they kicked the bad kick, instead of letting the ball rolling out, he could have stepped out, grabbed it, let it go out. Um, the defense backed up, uh, you know, third down and long. You know, Nebraska's going to be safe. You know, you got to be able to stop the run there. And then... Uh, with Spencer Rattler, there was a time where, you know, instead of throwing the ball away, he got five yards towards the end of the half. It's like time's more important than those five yards. So overall, I'm pleased with where we're at, but at the same time, there's a lot left that yeah. is, you know, for us to get to. Good to be 3-0. and but definitely room for improvement. Yes. Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. We've got a great crowd here with us again tonight. So thrilled that you are watching or listening wherever you are. Let's take a look at some of the highlights. OU and Nebraska together again. And the Sooners, Curtis, on the opening drive, go 14 plays and punch it in on a Rattler quarterback sneak almost seven minutes off the clock. That was impressive right out of the locker room. Toby, I really thought that set the tone for the game. I mean, a great combination of run and also pass. And then the defense came out here and, you know, got some big stops. Nick Benito with the stop there. Nebraska would settle for a field goal. There was a flag on the play, but the field goal counted. The flag was on OU. 
that made it 7-3. And that was our score until halftime. These are some more first-half highlights for you. But neither team would be able to scratch the scoreboard again in the first half. Nice run there by Kennedy Brooks. Another long field goal try for Nebraska. This one would glance off the upright. No good. Still second quarter late. Huskers down four. The Sooner defense got after Adrian Martinez. He felt I, I never felt he felt comfortable back there the entire game, and that goes big shout out to Kevin Thibodeau for that line. Little trickery. Mario Williams back to Rattler downfield. Marvin Mims, one of only two catches on the day for Marvin. We'll talk more about that later. That jump start the offense. No, nope, not yet. Huskers yank another field goal. No good. Pulled this shorter one wide left. We're still stuck on. Seven to three. Finally, some points would start to flow. Eric Gray's got some sudden to him, doesn't he? Oh, definitely some sudden. But I also want to give a shout out to these wide receivers. Anytime you get a big run, it's the wide receivers have to block. Jeremiah Hall, the touchdown. Spencer Rattler finds him on the nice play action. 14-3 Sooners. Huskers trying to answer back. They do. Adrian Martinez behind blockers. But the extra point try is blocked. By Isaiah Coe, it falls right into the hands of Pat Fields, and they're not going to get him. He's gone. Cookies, take it to the house. <laughs> take it all the way. For two points the other way, that's a big play. Instead of a four-point game, it's a seven-point game. Sooners then get the ensuing kickoff now up 16-9, to and they're going to get a good return here, and they would end up marching the field and taking a – Two-touchdown lead. Mario Williams able to bounce it outside, get down the sidelines, give him good starting field position. Early fourth quarter now. The Sooners finish it off. Kennedy Brooks, the short touchdown run. 23-9. You're feeling pretty good about things. And then you just love the defense, the answer with a sack and get them off the field. I just love how they're all working together, Redman up the middle and the guys off the edge. Play of the year, Adrian Martinez flushed on fourth down. Ooh. DJ Graham, a one-handed spinning interception. That's the best play from a defensive player I've ever seen in all my years of football. Wow, that's saying a lot. Nebraska, though, would force a punt. They got good field position, and they would score to make it 23-16. Sooners then, deep in their own territory, Needed to be able to run the ball to kill some clock, and they did. Eric Gray picks up a first down. Under five minutes to go. Now they punt it away. Only 20 seconds left. Nebraska's got to go the distance, and Nick Benito says not happening. And the Sooners hang on to win a tight one in the Battle of the Big Reds by the final of 23-16. It wasn't as high scoring as a lot of people expected. It wasn't an Oklahoma blowout, which a lot of people expected, but it was an entertaining football game, Curtis. Well, I love how you've seen from this team, they've won it by different ways. Sometimes the defense needs to get a stop. Sometimes the offense needs to run the clock out, and they seem to answer the call every single time, Toby. Who was your player of the game? Man, for me, like I said earlier, I haven't ever seen a defensive guy with the stickies like this. <laughs> DJ Graham, number nine, with the interception for me. This guy, he only had one tackle, look but at, at the same time, look at this plate. To catch it with his off hand, to cradle it like a little baby and put it to sleep, great play. <laughs> uh, 
unbelievable. That will be an image right there that will live forever that, in OU history. Catch of the year. I don't care if you in the NFL, college, you won't find a better catch than that. Trey Young in the background ca- captured it on his iPhone and posted it. Uh, unbelievable. I don't blame you. If that's the only play. And you know what? Earlier in that drive, he gave up the bomb, so he was able to kind of redeem himself. With you know, he's probably thinking, oh, coach is on to get on me. I better make a play here. <laughs> Spencer Rattler's <laughs> reaction. Classic. I'm, I'm going to go with another defensive guy for my player of the game. I'm going to go with Nick Benito. Two sacks in the game. This one right here, that was just a nice tackle for loss. He would have the sack that would be the capper at the end. He was spying on Adrian Martinez all day. I just think so far through three games – Nick Benito has been Oklahoma's best player, and he was a problem again on Saturday. I, I love his versatility. I mean, he can stand up. You know, I think Grinch is using him great. Use him as a spy. Use a three-man rush, and then let him do what he does best and get to the quarterback. So quick, so disruptive. Nick Benito, my player of the game. It's time now for our drive of the game, presented by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel. Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past. Get Pike Pass. So Oklahoma blocks the extra point. They run it the other way to take the 16-9 lead. This is the ensuing possession. Final play of the third quarter. It starts with an incomplete pass. Fourth quarter now on a second and 10. Not looking promising. Kennedy Brooks lucky to get back to the line of scrimmage. Third down. Need a first down to keep the drive alive. And they get one. Big pickup there to Cody Jackson. Keeps the drive going. Rattler takes a deep shot. Maybe need to flatten oh, that one out I'm a bit. Flatten that one out just a little bit. It's a big play. Almost had Mario. Second and ten. Still sputtering around midfield when he finds Jaden Hazelwood for a first down. Rattler behind Hazelwood a little bit on first down. Second down, a running play gets a couple. Here comes another big third down try. And it's Hazelwood again. Move the chains. Sooners down to the 22. Williams on the corner. Was able to get away and get a few. Second and five, then Rattler decides to run it himself. And a good decision all the way down to the two. Shuffle pass doesn't work. Second and goal, Kennedy Brooks. Touchdown. And Oklahoma takes a two-score lead. Capitalizing on that two-point PAT return. The other way. That's our drive of the game brought to you by Pike Pass. All right, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to take a deep dive offensively and defensively on how the uh, Sooners played against the Cornhuskers. We're going to look ahead to the Big 12 opener as well. West Virginia here, 6.30 p.m., prime time at the Palace on Saturday night. We're going to take a break, though, right now. More of the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue next. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health and Anheuser-Busch. And our community partners, Fowler Auto Group, OU Health, OGND, and Coca-Cola. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by the best place to gear up for game day is shop.soonersports.com. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. Bud Light, it's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. 
Homeland, your homegrown advantage. Proud sponsor of Sooner Athletics. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. You know, it's a uh, legendary night. Welcome back to the huddle, by the way. Curtis Loft and Toby Rowland with you. World famous scissor hands in the house tonight. So, you know, it's a uh, it's a big night. <laughs> He's waving at everybody. There you go. Hey, scissor, you're on. You're on. Wave at the camera. There he is. There he is. I got many that cuts is, by scissor hands when I was in college. That is a Sooner legend right there. Let's talk a little offense, defense. Sooners beat Nebraska 23-16. We'll start on your side of the ball. I think it's deserved. It's been the better side of the ball so far this year. Easily. I mean, I think for me with this game, what people don't realize, um, we have better athletes. And so when Nebraska did a good job of running the option, and when you run the option, it makes you have to stay disciplined. You got to have a guy on the dive. You got a guy have quarterback, the pitch, and then the tight end. It makes you really focus on just doing your job. And I really, I really felt like the defense did that. Then on top of that, Nebraska rushed the ball for 38, time, 38 times for only 95 yards. Man. And that's 2.5 yards a carry. So what you're seeing here is the defense is tackling well. They're imposing their will. And I just love it. Um, you know, guys up front are getting pushed. Guys are running to the ball. And then when you see these highlights, it just getting penetration, making the running back stop his feet. Whenever you can do that, you're going to really like where you're at. The only thing I think uh, that left a sour taste in a lot of our mouths is on third down, it didn't really seem like the defense got off the field. They were six, uh, Nebraska was six of 14 for 43%. You really want that a lot lower. But overall, I'm very pleased from what we've seen from this defense. I want to circle back to what you were saying about the rush defense because that has been solid. This is a team with a quarterback that can run that – can hurt you in the run game. You mentioned they average right around two yards a carry, basically, in the game. We think of this defensive line as a pass-rushing defensive line, the ability to get to a quarterback. What are they doing so well in the run game right now? Well, I think they're doing a lot of gap charges. They're getting really physical, uh, get, uh, pushing guys back. And whenever you do that, it really cleans it up for the linebackers and let those guys do what they be do best and just run to the ball. You love playing behind a quality defensive line. It made your life a lot more easier, didn't it? Oh, man. You know, when I had Demarcus Granger and Gerald McCoy in front of me, it allowed <laughs> me just to be eat. That's what I'd be like, hey, I'm the – Coach Venables used to tell me, hey, you're the eraser. No matter what those guys do, you make them right. Pass defense. Tell me what you're seeing. I mean, obviously, that's a great play right there. They did give up a couple of big plays in the passing game. What are you seeing from the secondary right now? You know, in order for us to get as many sacks and pressure we have gotten in the past couple of games, it goes hand in hand. You got to have guys in the back covering, stand close to their man. And, you know, we're actually getting turnovers. I remember last year it was such a focus and we weren't doing it, but now we're getting it. And yeah. it, these guys are getting jams at the line, playing some man and just being aggressive. And I really like what I'm seeing from this young secondary. Seven forced turnovers so far. Oklahoma plus five turnover margin. We're seeing some Isaiah Thomas highlights right here. He had a huge game. He didn't really statistically show up because he couldn't quite get that sack. Oh. He was chasing around all day. I think he ended up with a half sack, but he almost had about five or six more. So disruptive, though. Well, he falls in the same category of the guys from the old that really get after the quarterback. So the quarterback never 
is able to go through his reads, never feels comfortable. And you see it from Isaiah Thomas, Redman, Winfrey, all these guys. We have a deep rotation. And shout out to Captain Thibodeau for, you know, his D-line and the way they're playing. Is there an area, and maybe you've mentioned it here, where you would like to see improvement? I, I, like I talked about earlier, I think, you know, we need to get off the field on third down. Okay. You know, you can't be third and 13 and give up an explosive run. Uh, you can't be uh, third and 15 in those, we call it money downs. And you have to get off the field, regardless of what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Whether it's blitz, set, uh, put pressure with the defensive line, and when that happens, you know, they're not getting those extra uh, plays. And twice, twice this year, the opponent has had the ball with a chance to go win the game. You know, Tulane had the ball with a chance to win. Nebraska had the ball there late. Now they had a long ways to go, but the defense came up both times. From a defensive standpoint, from a defensive guy, I love that because, you know, I hate – you know, when the offense is out there having to get a, they have to get a touchdown or I have to get a field goal. And it's like, I want the pressure on me to be able to get a stop. And that's how this defense has been. And, you know, for the last few years, from the defensive standpoint, we're like, ah, man, they're so close. And I feel like we're finally over that hill. And now it's just cleaning up a few things with their eyes and technique. And this defense is going to be one of the tops in the nation. All right, this is an odd situation because – You know, we've done this show for a lot of years here, and every year it seems like we're talking about, boy, the offense is churning, the defense has got to be better. That's not what we're talking about here tonight. The defense is looking pretty good. The offense doesn't look familiar to Sooner fans right now. It's missing some of the explosive plays. They scored 23 points. They're not running it great. We're not, like I said, you're not seeing the big plays. What's your assessment of what's what's happening offensively? I think right now – the chemistry is a little bit off. And I really believe it starts with up front with the offensive line. And I know they're not really settled there with guys in different positions. And I think once we get that locked in, um, and Oklahoma's always been able to run the ball and get explosive plays, and it opens up our passing game because we have weapons everywhere. But I think it starts up front for us, Toby, moving guys out the way and giving more time for Spencer and Rattler to do his thing. Tell me uh, what you're seeing from Rattler through three games. Rattler, he's been, a, he's been hot and cold. Um, for me, he's, he's shown flashes of why he's in the Heisman race, but then he's, seen, he's shown flashes of why he, his, his maturity needs to grow and his decision-making. You know, uh, on number four, when he had him wide open, it's throw it out, let him run underneath yep. it, use his speed to get to the ball, and just different things like that. But – at the same time, you see so much potential in this kid where he's moving around, he keeps his eye down the field, and he throws a really nice ball. I would agree with everyone that says he, he needs to play better, but you know what his completion percentage is through three games? 75%. He's completing 75% of his passes. He's responsible for nine touchdowns, two interceptions. It just I think it feels different because we're not seeing the big play. The big play is what really is the gasoline for this this offense. And by not getting those, you know, if he hits that big pass to number four, then it's a different kind of feel for him. Um, he's dinking and dunking, and he's making the smart decisions where – but sometimes it's like, 
oh, man, I want that. I want that explosive yeah. play down the field. I, I like what you said about chemistry. It just feels like it's, it hasn't quite gelled for him yet offensively. Run game looked better. 194 yards rushing. I'm not saying it's all the way there, but it looked better, especially late when they had to run the football. Well, like I talked about earlier, big shout out to the wide receivers because we finally got some explosive runs, and it's because of them. They're locking those guys in. They're great at catching the ball, but they've also been great at blocking. And I think, you know, the running backs, their vision has been great. And I will say the one thing I, I, I kind of miss, and I haven't seen it from either one of these guys just yet, is that home run hitter. Yeah. You know, where they get it and, it, you know, it's a tight seam and they burst through and get down the field. But they're both, they got great vision, great sideline to speed, but I need that home run speed. A little curious about Marvin Mims early on. He's been awfully quiet for as explosive as he was as a freshman. Well, you know, the more film you get, the more defenses are on a tire to take you away from the game. And so I think that's been the case of it. But at the same time, you know, it's opening up for other guys like Hazelwood to come in. And uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying numbers, but when Mario I, Williams. Mario Williams. Because yep. when I played, you know, yeah, I respected the guy. numbers. Yeah. That's I, all football coaches, and they, they, they watch the film and they see the numbers, yeah. and that's all you think. So I don't think about names. Because I remember <laughs> I was playing. Um, Peyton Manning, and I was like, oh, I'm going against Peyton Manning instead of just sending the number. So, yeah. So that's what uh, special teams on Saturday had a couple of uh, gaffes. You had the long miss field goal. You had Marvin uh, falling on the ball at the eight-yard line, too. But I think all in all, probably Oklahoma won the special teams battle because they had the blocked extra point return, and Nebraska missed a couple field goals as well. Well, you know, the thing that I love, too, about our special, time, special teams is they don't take plays off. You know, on those, on those missed field goals and the blocked field goal, those guys are charging and giving everything they can to block what would be meaningless a down. But getting that block, setting it, giving those, those two points, I think that's huge. And at the same time, I really like, you know, I love our kicker. I love our coverage units. I love our return units. And I, I really look forward to this game being the opener of the Big 12 season to see if we can bring everything together and, and push for it. I don't know that we saw it on Saturday, but one of Teddy's pet peeves is the uh, kickoff fair catch. How do you feel about that? <laughs> as, a, as a guy that wants to run down and destroy someone, I'm like, <sighs> you know, I don't like it. But, Take the fun out of your life. You huh? know, it's like, but at the same time, everything they've been doing is to protect the kids. and. Yeah. You know, I hate it, but, hey, it's, that's what football is nowadays. All right, 23-16, Sooners move to 3-0 and with a win over Nebraska. When we come back, we'll take a look around the rest of the Big 12 on a very interesting Saturday. Conference had a pretty good day. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's. We'll be back. Sooner fans, be sure to check out Soonersports.com for your chance to win Red River Showdown football tickets from Love's Travel Stops, Riverwind Casino, and Homeland. Sports TV is brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Still the one. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside of the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the Varsity Network app and listen free. Big 12 report presented by Kincaid Coach Lines. 
the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Go to KincaidCoach.com for more information. Good win for West Virginia. We'll take a look at some of those highlights here in a second. They knock off number 10, Vitek, 27-21. Had to hang on to do so. No problem for Baylor in their Big 12 opener in Lawrence. They handle the Jayhawks. Texas back on track after that loss to the Razorbacks. Casey Thompson got the start for them on Saturday, 58-0. Kansas State down a quarterback. Skyler Thompson's out. They were able to beat a pretty good Nevada team, though, 38-17. Texas Tech gets by Florida International. Other Big 12 scores. Iowa State coming off that Iowa loss goes out to Vegas, thumps the Rebels, and the Cowboys won better than Boise in a very interesting game. We'll take a look at some of those highlights in a second as well. So overall, you throw in the OU win, an undefeated weekend for the Big 12. Three weeks in, what do you think about the conference right now, Curtis? I really like it. I don't think right now there's – okay, there's Oklahoma, and then everyone else is fighting for yeah. second right now, in my opinion. Yeah, Iowa State. Not sure what to make of them because of the Iowa game. Texas, not sure what to make of them because of Arkansas. OSU and K-State are undefeated, but they both have, you know, not been overly impressive. So It's like when you watch it, it's like, you know, from game, each game is different. Some games, they some teams jump off like Texas. I thought they were just going to be, and then they go down to Arkansas and lay an egg. And then you see Oklahoma State versus Tulsa, which Tulsa actually put up a great fight versus Ohio State. Yeah, so uh, I think Oklahoma State, uh, I think they may be second just from from my eyes from watching all these good games. Good win. It's hard to go to the Smurf turf and win up there in Boise, yes. so that's a good win. Let's take a look at some highlights from the West Virginia, Virginia Tech game. As uh, I mentioned, Vatek ranked number 15 in the country. West Virginia came out hot. Letty Brown, we, we already in this game, has had an 80-yard touchdown run. Jarrett Dagey had a nice passing day. 14-0. Mountaineers jump out big. Hokies wouldn't go away, though. That touchdown got them within seven. West Virginia builds on the lead here in the second quarter. They've got a good balanced attack, the Mountaineers. Yeah, a little RPO, run pass option. 27-7, looks like this game is over. Two seconds to go in the third quarter. Vodtech scores a touchdown. You say, all right, maybe the fourth quarter is worth watching. Then this is definitely the end, right? West Virginia forces a turnover. Five minutes to go in the game. Can't milk the clock. Three minutes to go. Vatek, little dump down pass that will go to the house. 27-21. They got the ball back after a terrible pick that we don't see. And Virginia Tech trying to win the game. Fourth and goal. Incomplete. And the Mountaineers survive. They almost blew that one. 27-21. Saturday night, Oklahoma State, Boise State. Boise State looked like they were going to blow them out in the first half, Curtis. Yeah, in the first half, the defense kind of just laid out there and laid an egg. But then the offense came along. Great run here by, how do you say his name? Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. Huge day. He Huge was the day. story. 32 carries for 218 yards. Awesome. Oklahoma State missing seemingly their entire wide receiving core due to injuries. Kept it on the ground for Spencer Sanders. Jalen Warren, late in the second quarter, jumps in, makes it 20-14. to 14. Then they got the ball right back. And before halftime, Spencer Sanders scores 21-20. You're buckling in for a late-night, exciting second half. Didn't happen. Controversial call, took a touchdown off the board for the Broncos. 
Field goal was blocked. No points at all in the second half, and the Cowboys win it 21-20. Heartstopper of a win up there. A little controversy mixed in as well. Anytime Boise State loses, <laughs> you feel good about I feel, it. I feel very good about it. <laughs> I was good. You don't like either one of those teams, but uh, feel not good at about all. Boise losing. All right, we'll take a timeout. We will preview this week's Big 12 opener against the Mountaineers when we come back. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by the Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access radio pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every day. Log on to Soonersports.com slash podcast or search Sooner Sports Podcast in your favorite podcast provider. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind Casino. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Welcome back to Rudy's on a Tuesday night. Lincoln Riley coming up in the next hour. That is Curtis Lofton. He's with us for the whole time tonight. Our Butkus award-winning linebacker, Teddy Lehman, on the DL. A little bit under the weather tonight, so... Curtis is going to hang out with us and uh, talk to Lincoln a little bit later on. Time to go behind enemy lines now. Brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Still the one. Here's a look at the Mountaineers. Third season now for Neil Brown as head coach. He's done a pretty good job. Certainly has transformed stylistically how this team plays. Six and four record last year. Of course, Curtis, these two teams didn't play last year. Yeah, uh, because of COVID last year, so it's going to be an interesting game. I, I think when you look at West Virginia, Toby, for me, um, I think it's really built around them being able to run the ball. Uh, it takes a little pressure off the quarterback, and they have a senior running back who's been in the waiting, and he exploded on the scene last week. Letty Brown, right there you see, 5'11", really good running back for them, had a big season a year ago, and it's funny, two years ago, 2019, West Virginia came into Norman, couldn't run the ball to save their lives. Last year, they were fantastic because of this guy at it, and he's back again this year and certainly uh, having a dynamic start to his season again. I, I, when you watch this kid play, he has it all. You know, he has great vision. He's patient, can run through arm tackles, and um, – it's on a it's on a taking it. All eleven guys getting to the ball to stop this guy. Eighty yard touchdown run last week. He's capable of going the distance on you as well. You know, they got an interesting situation at quarterback. Jarrett Dagey is their guy. He's the better passer of the two, despite what you see there. But they also have a guy named Garrett Green, who is uh more of a running quarterback and is 
you know, maybe a little more of an Adrian Martinez type. So, just it, interesting a, uh, game plan for the OU defense. Yeah, from, from a defense standpoint, it's kind of frustrating because you have to prepare for both guys. And both guys have two different skill sets, one who's a runner. And so they'll put run some RPOs, some options with him. So you got to be able to stop the rezone. And then you have a guy who's just on a drop back and pass. And so uh, I like to play the passer because you know exactly where he's going to be at and you can put more pressure on him. What's the key to stopping the zone read? Discipline and eyes and doing your job, which sounds simple. But, you know, that's why it took me forever to get on the field because – you know, I wanted to get to the play. You know, in high school, my, my, my coach used to tell me, see ball, get ball. And so I'm supposed to be in the A, a gap, but they're running around the end, and uh, I wanted to run to the ball, and they used to cut the ball back. So uh, Coach Venables, Curtis! <laughs> I get his veins popping out of his neck. <laughs> yeah. And so for, for our guys, it's, hey, do your job, and then once you take care of your job, then finish on the ball. You know, West Virginia's got some guys on offense, Winston Wright, Sam James, Bryce Ford Wheaton, talented wide receivers. We mentioned Letty Brown. It's really, though, defensively where maybe Neil Brown has had his biggest stamp. When Dana Holgerson was there, they were a team kind of like Oklahoma that would go up and down the field, really couldn't stop anybody. Now they've become a very good defensive team. They lead the Big 12 in tackles for loss. They've got a big defensive lineman that might be the best, certainly one of the best defensive players in this conference they'll hit you in the mouth seems like they always want to fight in the pregame you know they got a <laughs> West Virginia plays with an attitude uh, when you watch this defense I want to say they're three three five yeah and uh they really kind of took took what Baylor Baylor was doing and kind of added some of their plays to their playbook and you know they they're very multiple in what they do especially on the def I think it starts up front with them and then their linebackers, I love how they play in their secondary. It's a very cohesive unit, and they've been playing together for a few years now and doing a great job. Aggressive defense. They got good size. Uh, they'll hit you. Jared Bartlett, one of the best. The guy I was talking about, Jared Bartlett, one of the best guys uh, in the Big 12, too. Talented Toby, guy. Toby, and when you see them play, one of the things that I love is there's a lot of yellow jerseys around the ball every single time and yep. so these guys Smart. are playing with their their hair on fire and when you do that then usually you have a good defense how do you think they match up with Oklahoma I think what their their weakest their weak point is their secondary and I think that we can exploit them there because we have so many weapon weapons but I think it starts for us being able to you know with offensive line being able to run the ball and then it opens up our passing game West Virginia hasn't beaten OU in Big 12 play. Beaten them twice. Jeff Hostetler got them back in the day. West Virginia beat OU in no, the... No, no, don't talk about that one. Oh, don't talk the about Fiesta the Fiesta Bowl? Bowl? Okay, let's get that. That was, yeah. And another game. But since they jumped into Big 12 play, the Mountaineers haven't had much luck. However, these two teams have played some humdingers against each other. Up in Morgantown, mostly. There's been a good game. 2013 here was a, a good game. The 50-49 to 49 game with Landry and Kenny Stills hooking up in 2012. Uh, Kyler Murray's win, 2018 up there, was a crazy game. So they've, they've played some very enter entertaining football games against each other. When I think of West Virginia, Toby, it just 
just flashes back to <laughs> Steve Slayton, Pat White, yeah. Noel Devine. What just, was the big fullback's name that they uh, had? Owen Smith bashing his Owen head with Schmidt. his helmet bleeding everywhere. I'm like, what an idiot. But <laughs> they beat you. Those dudes beat us, and they beat the snot out of us. And I'm sorry for all you fans who came out there and watched that, but hopefully it's going to be a different uh, game this week. I'm sorry. I wasn't going to bring up All these bad memories. You, you know, Boise State. Yeah. Fiesta Bowl, I mean, gosh, <laughs> both in the BCS game. You didn't lose many games. We're going to bring all of them up uh, tonight. OU West Virginia, 6.30 on Saturday night. I love a night game in the Palace. Electricity, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll take a break. When we come back, over-unders and pick them. And then Lincoln Riley's right around the corner. Stay with us. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by Bud Light. It's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Summertime. He get pissed if we don't make our time. Yeah. Let me see it sideways, cause I'm steady coming. Rattler throwing that ball in his humming. I like Chris Simmons. I like We gotta finish. Nebraska horn hustles, man, we diminish. Cause them boys little, painted like a skittle. I ain't even tripping, I ain't never double dribble. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys and my All of my mind, like running back, running back. Ooh, yeah, don't play no game. I done came up, now they look at me strange. Ooh, yeah, one ain't the same. I don't put nothing but flame on the flames. Ooh, yeah, get out my lane. That's what I'm doing, man. I'm getting paid. Welcome back to Rudy's, everybody. The uh, Malcolm Kelly remix dropped Saturday after the win over Nebraska. You ever think that would turn into such a big deal? Not at all. You know, the guy's beating on the trash can and... <laughs> <laughs> We're like, okay, go Malcolm, come on. He didn't want to do it, and then he just does that, and it's like before viral even was a thing, and it yeah. just it just tuck off, and so it's so cool just from being there and to where it, how it's grown to kind of be one of the theme songs for OU now. You got it memorized? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. You know, I've heard it only a million times, and <laughs> I thought Trey Young, I thought was fantastic in it. He, he nailed well, his part. You know, so he fun. had a Malcolm Kelly jersey on. That's at right. The game. That's right. He did. I didn't even put that together. You're right. All right. It's time for uh, over-unders. We wrap up every show by trying to do some prognosticating 
I'll be honest with you, we're terrible at it so far this year. So let's take a look at how we did over-unders last week for the OU-Nebraska game. Uh, Over-under Marvin Mims, one and a half touchdown. We took the over. That was wrong. When I say we, it was Gabe Eichert here yes. last week. So I put, I put none of this on you. And Gabe was aggressively making the pick and overshadowing. So we're blaming this entirely on <laughs> Gabe Eichert, okay? Over under two and a half rushing touchdowns, we said over. Oh, you had two. Over under two and a half takeaways, we said over. They only had one. One and a half sacks for Perrion. He had half a sack, so we went over four. Come on, Which Winfrey. brings us to six and six now on the year. So we got to do... We got to do better. Here's our over-unders for OU West Virginia this week. Question number one is over-under five receptions for Marvin Mims. That's a good question. So Marvin's off to a slow start. I think he's got five catches on the year right now. Is this the week that he breaks out? This is the opening of the Big 12. And I believe this is when he comes alive. I'm taking the over because he's been storing it up. You know, Coach has kind of been a little vanilla with the playbook. And so now it's time to open it up and let these boys eat. I like your confidence. I think five might actually be the number, but let's go over. You feeling the over? Let's go over. All right, Marvin's going to have a big day. We're going to take the over. Over under one long touchdown. We've been talking about explosive plays. So will OU have a touchdown of 50-plus yards in this game? Oh. (laughs) I'm saying yes. I think that, uh, you know, last week we would have had one. Are you patronizing the crowd right now? Yeah, no, I'm giving it to them. I'm I'm a little, I say because (laughs) last week we had, uh, number four was wide open. Mario Williams. Mario Williams. And I think Spencer and them is going to work on their chemistry and completion and get bombs. I'm going to go with, they're going to have two bombs. Let's take the one. Yes. And we'll get doubled credit if, and, if they actually and have And Toby, two. I think, too, you know, when you get – he can throw a little four-yard pass and let those guys do what they do best. And right. So I'm, I'm – You I'm, know what? This doesn't say the offense is going to – you oh, know. Yes. We could see a pick six go the other way that's longer than 50 yards in this I, game. So. I, I like I that. Like Anytime that defense one. scores, I'm all for that. We're officially taking the over. Over under four and a half sacks for speed D. So they had uh, four in game one, four in game two, five – in game three, they've got 13 sacks so far this season. I'm going to go under because Ooh. I believe that West Virginia. You guys got to boo him when he says that. You're going <laughs> to cheer him, man. <laughs> I believe that West Virginia's game plan is going to be, hey, we're going to take pressure off our quarterbacks because we don't really feel comfortable about that position. And so we're going to run the ball. And by them running the ball, trying to eat the clock and get the, keep our offense off the field. I'll, I'll go with you on that. For me, this all depends on OU taking a lead. If oh yes. you can get in front, Sooners can get in front, force West Virginia to become one-dimensional to try to throw the ball to get back into the game, they'll go over that number. I, I agree with but you. But I, tr- I trust you. I trust you. We'll go under the four and a half for speed, D. Final over under a half of a one-handed interception. <laughs> <laughs> Will we see another one-handed interception in this game? No. You're going to take the under I'm on that. I'm taking the under on that one. We'll officially take the under on that. Let's see how we did in the pick'em contest last week. I think that went a little better for Gabe and I. We pick five college football games every week, and last week we went four and one. Okay, now we're back on track. Bama, Florida. We both had we had Bama. 
Auburn, Penn State, we had Penn State. West Virginia, Vodtech, we had the Mountaineers. Cincy at Indiana, uh, we, I think we picked Cincinnati to win that game. And OSU, Boise State, we went Boise State and lost that one. So good week, 4-1. and one. We're still under 500 on the year. Let's see the first game that we're picking this week. We're going to Soldier, Soldier Field. Did you like playing at Soldier Field? No. No. Okay. Because the grass is real thick and you got to wear these long cleats and it's just cold. Awful. It's cold. cold. Lake Michigan. The fans are awful. Notre Dame and Wisconsin are playing Saturday on Soldier Field in Chicago. Who we got? Oh, see, it's a tough game because one of my former teammates is the defensive coordinator for Wisconsin. Right. Uh, well, uh, that's uh, um, Leonard? Yeah, Leonard. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, 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 I'm going you, no I, I like Wisconsin. I like Wisconsin. What do you I, mean? Well, I think Notre Dame's been messing around with the loss here. You know, they've been – I don't. I think Wisconsin's going to get them. Let's go Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin had their pins taken out from under them early. They lost to Penn State. I think Wisconsin's going to hang an, an L on Notre Dame. You comfortable? I, li I like defense with that, yes. Okay, we'll go with the Badgers on that one. Second game in Arlington, another neutral site game, Texas A&M and Arkansas. A couple of undefeated teams here. Arkansas knocked off Texas. Can they also get the Aggies? Oh, man, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I like Texas A&M. I like their quarterback. I think he's very versatile and – so I'm going to go with A&M. You, like, you like A&M? Hmm. I'm not going to fight you on that. I haven't seen enough A&M to play. I like what I've seen out of Arkansas early, especially in that Texas game. But there might be a pretty big gap between Texas and Texas A&M. So you leaning Aggies here? I'm leaning Aggies. Okay, we're going to Who, take – Who'd they play? The, uh, didn't they have an offseason game? I mean, uh, neutral game early? Texas A&M? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the answer I can't to that. remember. So. Yeah, okay. Uh, game number three, we're going to the Big 12. K-State. At Oklahoma State, a couple of undefeated in Stillwater. Night game. I'm going K-State. Kansas State's going in there and winning? Yeah. Well, do we know if is Skylar Thompson back? I wouldn't expect him to be back this week. In, Let's go Oklahoma opinion. State. And we don't know how many of their wide receivers are going to be back either as far as the Cowboys <laughs> so <you> go. So. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps jumping. I'm like, okay, I'm set on this one. I, like, on I mean, the game's in Stillwater. It's I'd at Stillwater. Slight lean Cowboys. They're coming um, off the big win in Boise. Big win up there. They got they got Mo on their side. So we're let's going go. OSU. Let's okay. go OSU. We're going OSU. SMU at TCU. How about this? Tanner Mordecai's killing it for SMU. Uh, Grant Calcaterra. TCU hasn't lost a game yet. The game is in Fort Worth, but you know that's across the street for SMU. Max Oof. Duggan. I, I like SMU. Really? Yeah. SMU is going to go in there and beat them. I, I think I think they're due for upset. Explosive offense. Explosive offense. I can they ride got with all the that. weapons. I can ride with that. Gives but me, gives I don't me a know. reason to cheer you for know, the o, OU boys. Patterson. I mean, he he usually has a really stingy defense. Yeah. So you're second guessing yourself? I, I am just a little bit. Let's go SMU. We're going okay. SMU. SMU. Final pick. Back to the Big Twelve. Texas Tech at. Texas. Gosh, I don't like either one of these schools. Hey, we don't have to like them. Just got to pick one. Oh, man. Texas got the bounce back win last week with Casey Thompson at quarterback, but that was Rice. Texas Tech had an impressive win in week one against Houston down in Houston. Had a couple of easy wins since then. They're undefeated. But can they go into Austin and win? You know, Keith Patterson is their defense coordinator. 
his brother Craig Patterson was my basketball coach at Kingfisher. This is how this is going to work this year, huh? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm every gonna, time Curtis knows someone, we're I'm going to go with Tech. Going Tech on the yes. road. All right, we're going Texas Tech on the road. All right, so we'll uh, hopefully we'll do uh, good again this week. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate. Proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.